Hey guys, this is Sarah here. Just wanted to pop in and let you guys know that this episode will be lower quality than usual because our microphones malfunctioned during recording. So this just recorded straight from my laptop computer uh, microphone. So thank you for being patient with us and the quality with that. Another thing that Liz and I really wanted to note is that we recorded this and had this episode scheduled before the Nashville uh, Covenant Presbyterian School shootings that occurred yesterday, March 27th, and we uh, do not discuss that in this episode. Um, We do plan on discussing that, but please know that our prayers and just the highest empathy is with everyone involved in that. Uh, Parents, officials, students, teachers, our hearts are completely broken and with you. So, We just wanted to note that, and we will talk more on that soon. We hope you guys enjoy this episode, which is our book club number two, and we love you guys. Hi, friends. Hey. Welcome back to Chosen Girl. It's another Tell Me About It Tuesday. Yes, and we're just here to make Tuesdays better for you. True, true. Yeah, with the Lord's Word. Monday's Ugly Sister. True. I honestly really love Mondays. What? Really? I don't mind them, unless they are like a true fashion Monday like I like a new beginning I have a very productive day I get to have a meeting with um, a few staff members Mm -hmm. like it's very just like let's go let's plan our week I like that yeah I'm a Thursday girly I love Thursday there's something about a Thursday for me I don't know what it is but everything's popping on the Thursday it's like Christmas Eve yeah it's good yeah I sign up every time I do love Thursday um I love Wednesday Wednesday's a good day because mm-hmm. everybody's like, it's hump day. We're halfway through. I don't know why. We do this every week. Yeah. Of like, oh, it's Monday again. Like, it's, yes. I'm like, as we will get to talking about with this book recap, like, it, it's just all going to start up. Like, mm-hmm. Song of Solomon, he, or King Solomon. Yes. He was an Enneagram 4. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he was. Yes. Yes. Homie was feeling it. I know. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, so today, we're bringing you another Chosen Girl Book Club. We need a jingle. We do. Oh, we do. I don't have any inspiration for I the know. moment, but like, yeah. TBD. Yeah. Yeah. So we have just finished The Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler. So good. Y'all. Let me just, okay, before we really dive into it, I just want to say, if you are out there and you're looking for a book that so relies on the word mm-hmm. of of God and gets to the point about what it's all for. No crumbs. No. Mm-mm. It was so good. And I, I'm like, I want to go back and read it again because there was so much, there's so much wisdom and knowledge and things to really chew on. Yes. That I feel like this could be one of those books that if you race through it, that's fine. But you could also chew on some things for a little while. It's dense. It is. But it was a great read. It was such a great read. And the whole time I was listening to it, I was thinking, like, he's trimming the fat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he just, I just pictured, like, a roast. Yes. Like, he's just like, uh-uh, we're getting to the meat. Like, yes. this is what we're doing. This is what the gospel is. And, it, like, we need that. When is this book written? Does it say on his side? No, there it does. Let me look. Give me a second. Yeah. Like, okay, the some of the references day. that he made, like, told me that, you know. It seemed of, relevant. Um, not in, like, the trendy some of this way. Has... Like, in the language and stuff, you know. Yes. I'm so sorry. I don't see no, it. Girl, go ahead. The, the, there's some things in here that say something about 
2008 is the oldest date. 2012 is the latest date. Okay. In this copy. I would have thought much more recent than that. I know that's just in the last, like, 15 years. Yeah. I think it's 2012. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. it. Yeah, first this was ahead of its time it, in 2012. It was a book. It was long overdue and so needed. Mm-hmm. And I like this book because I feel like you can be anywhere in your walk and pick up this book. Yes. And... and because it's really just given in layman's terms. I feel like I could sit down with Matt Chandler and just be like, yeah, let's talk about it. And you were really getting his inner thoughts. And he even mentions like his family and his own mm-hmm. personal experience. And it just felt like a very personal yet very much so in the title explicit approach to the gospel. Amen. It was yes. like, we're getting right to it. He, I'll tell you who would love this book and who his style of writing reminded me of. Some of the content he covered reminded me so much of Pastor Isaac um, and how yeah. he just like, this is it. Yep. And so much of scripture to be interpreted, we, and we'll get into this when we get into the book, it seems so gray in some areas, but a lot of it is so black and white. We make it gray. We make it gray. We make, it, we gray. make it about us. And yes. And even though like, like the biggest quote in the beginning of the book is the Bible was not written about us. It was written for yes. us. We yes. are not the main character. We are not the main character. And y'all, I'm all here for like main character energy, like mm-hmm. living your best life. But when it comes to like our souls, like we are not the main character when yeah. it comes to being the body of Christ and carrying out God's will mm-hmm. and genuinely wanting to be aligned with the will of God mm-hmm. and being used by him. It is not about us whatsoever. So it's true. about being the, this a smaller part of a bigger body of what is happening. And the first thing that I wrote down is what is the gospel actually? Cause I feel like that's like yeah. the first thing that was covered. And first Corinthians 15, one through four says it's Christ crucified, buried and resurrected. That's like it. period. That's the gospel. And that's enough. Yes. Like we, and the reality is that's what we're, that's what we're here for. Yes. We're here to share the gospel and to make disciples and, that right there is enough. It doesn't need all the extra fluff that we say it does. Yeah. And there comes a point in the book where he even talks about, um, you know, becoming a pastor and, and the classes and workshops and how focused they can be mm-hmm. on all the extra things, like how to drive numbers, how to tailor sermons and, and activities and things to g- different generations. But we forget at the core, the gospel is enough and it does not need our help. Yes. I think that we have taken the go and make disciples Mm -hmm. out of every nation command, um, which is so important. But we've taken that to such an extreme that I think that we've added our own like marketing twist to the gospel, especially in America. Like I would love to see how the gospel is presented in other countries versus America, Mm -hmm. because we're all about like, what makes you feel good? What makes you comfortable? How can, and like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. Like, my church is amazing. We serve our community, but you know, we've got coffee and comfortable seats in yeah. our church too. I don't see anything wrong with that. However, if that's someone's main focus, how can we make us feel good mm-hmm. and not like getting to the root of wanting to be good in our souls? You gotta have both. I mean, I see you have to have both. You, the focus needs yes. to really be on the, there's the obvious focus yes. on our souls, on, Sharing the gospel. The other yeah. things are just a bonus. But that's the main event. 
Yes, and even looking at like chronologically in time, like mm-hmm. what has been the motivation of the gospel, and I feel like especially us, like living in the Bible Belt, like experiencing this as a young child, um, and thankfully my parents never like fear mongered me into salvation. I'm very yeah. very thankful for that. Uh-huh. Um, but I know that a lot of people who grew up in a Southern church in the Bible Belt were brought to salvation out of fear of hell. So true. And that's discussed in the book, like in the beginning in pretty big detail about like, is your motivation to not do something or to do something? And that's to love God with all your heart and Mm -hmm. worship him and come face to face with the fact like you are a sinful person. Yeah. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. That's it. And you have to account for that sin in some way. Mm-hmm. And so that's not even saying like, do you want to be good and go to heaven or do you want to be bad and go to hell? Like that seems so, um, like I feel like the motivation and the end result of that could get so misconstrued. So easily. And he talks about that yes. all the time. And there's a, there's a particular term that's mentioned several times throughout the book and especially even in the beginning. And it's called Christian moralistic therapeutic deism. Go ahead. Explain. Yes. yes. It's, so, in short, it's the idea behind moral, um, or excuse me, the idea behind moral, the, excuse me, therapeutic deism um, is that there is there's a way that we can earn favor with God and justify ourselves before God by virtue or our behavior. So anything that really comes back to a motivation of I'm doing, I'm doing this so God will give me that. Mm. That's what it is. Moralistic therapeutic deism. And so it's, I know it's a mouthful, but he mentions it all the way throughout, but it, causes us to take a moment and pause about our own past. I mean, for me, when I was reading it, it's like, how many times did I did, did I do something in hopes that, okay, if I do this, God will do this for me. Yes. Um, and it, again, I think it's perpetuated too by culture. And so yes. how, and the, it caused me to take a moment and think, okay, how do we actually turn this around? How can you be a part of the culture that turns it around and point everything back to Christ Mm -hmm. and not what Christ can do for us? Yeah. I mean, he deserves glory because he's God, period. Not because, not solely because Jesus came and saved, is our savior. Yeah. That's good. That's, he deserves everything. And I wonder, I can't help but to wonder how did we get here? Because I Mm -hmm. even think about, you know, we obviously call Jesus and, and God the one and the same, um, our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. But even like a good earthly father, like trust me, I'm not counting any parents who may like manipulate their children, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But even a good earthly parent wouldn't say, oh, I only love you if you do this for me. Yes. Like, so I'm wondering where did we get this idea of God that's like, a, like a true genie like mm-hmm. oh god i'm praying so i expect you to put safety around me or god i spend time with you in your word so i expect you to bless me financially mm-hmm. yeah where did this come from Ex- in being entitled <laughs> well he mentions pride oh oh for sure and how pride. that has completely misconstrued salvation itself like pride can completely confuse our idea of what salvation is Mm -hmm. and also confuse anyone into even thinking that they don't need salvation. Yeah. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. and that's just a direct, a direct 
correlation with our sin nature. It's just like how ugly we can be on our insides. Oh my gosh. Um, but I love how the book was divided into three parts, like the gospel on the ground, the gospel in the air. Mm -hmm. And then like they, Matt Chandler concluded with implications and applications. And y'all Liz has the hard copy. I did not get a hard copy. I just listened to it on audible. So don't let me like boom past a a quote that you want to read or anything. Let me tell you, there's so much that I, that I highlighted in this book. Yes. And if you all read the hard copy, first of all, it's just worth buying a hard copy because it is, it, it is one that you'll want to go back to. And there's so much, um, there's so much just wisdom and, Kind of a, I don't know, just a stick poking at the ugly parts of yourself. It made me uncomfortable in a lot of parts. Right? I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, okay. But it's good. That's oh, what, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, that's what we're called to. And because it's true. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're being called about, about the truth. And so one of the quotes that I've got here is, it is still idolatry to want God for his benefit, but not for himself. And that goes right along with what you're saying. And it's like, how many, again, asking yourself, how many times... Have I wanted God for for what He can do for me and not for who He is, not yearning for Him because yes. He is He is sovereign and and righteous and holy above all things, but because okay, if I go through the motions and I do this, then God will do this because we're told that yes, you know you're like oh well if you read your Bible and if you pray then God will bless you yeah if you obey your parents you'll live long and you know whereas that is in the Bible that's not our reason for obeying our yeah, and I think about it in the concept of, like, a friend. Like, yeah. you are my friend, and I am your friend for no other reason other than we love each other. Mm-hmm. We are not friends because we have a podcast together. We have a podcast together because we are friends. Right. And I want to buy you little gifts that remind me of you because you are my friend. Mm-hmm. I don't buy you gifts so that you will be my friend. Um, and I just use that as a small example. But the same with God we don't need to do these things in order to get gifts from him. Mm-hmm. We need to do these things because we love who he is, mm-hmm. which also implies we have to know who he is in order to love who he is. That's good. That's so true. That's so true. And so, and he talks about that in the book is mm-hmm. like, we need to get down to the nitty gritty of like, who is God? Yeah. Who is that? And I love the part that he mentioned in the beginning. I think it was around chapter four talking about little things that made him fall in love with God. Like Mm -hmm. the way that God paid attention to creation that we have taste buds and things have taste. Yes. Thank you, God. I so love, I so love that chapter because sometimes we forget because the the way that life is to imagine, I mean, we're limited in our imagination. I mean, we have a whole God that created everything. Totally. And so what would have happened if our world just didn't have color? Yes. Not, I know that, I, and I'm not saying that I know that people are colorblind, but what if, what if people like didn't have, to you. you know, right. yeah. but like, what if you didn't have taste buds? What I if know. you didn't have feeling in the, in your fingertips? Like all of that is just grace in my opinion. Yes. Like he, he gave us the ability to taste and to smell mm-hmm. because he wanted us to experience taste and smells. And like him telling his daughter, like she was like, Oh, pink is my favorite color. And he's like, did you know where pink came from? God mm-hmm. thought of pink. Yes. And there it was. Nobody else in the world had ever thought of pink, mm-hmm. and God made pink. Yes. I'm like, thanks, God. I love pink. Uh, same. Same. Yes. And it's like, how many things have we taken for granted, forgetting what a gift it is to have? Absolutely. And I think that, that we fall victim to that, especially living in America. 
um, just because we are afforded so many liberties and things that make our lives very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, the and, you know, I uh, forgive me for not remembering where this was. We were talking about earlier, just like even in, in our prayer for, our, you know, for the food that we eat. Yes. And thinking about like, thank you, God, for providing. Like, I say the same prayer for my food so many times. Mm-hmm. But like, thank you, God, for food that I didn't have to toil and labor for. Thank you yes. for the money to even afford, like, this $1 hot dog from Sonic because yes. I'm starving. Thank you, God, for, for the the ability to put gas in my car, for a car at all. Think, like, yes. how many things, again, do we take for granted that's been a gift that God said, I'm providing, I'm answering the prayers that you don't even have to pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, there's, um, I think later in the book, he even talks about the joys, the woes, and everything else in even other countries. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is that there's so many that are still the same. Mm-hmm. regardless yeah, yeah. of where you live. And so, whereas we are very grateful, I think it's also to remember that we're all human. And that yeah. the human condition is real. And that we're still sinners and we're still falling short. Regardless mm-hmm. if you live, if you are a billionaire living in America, or if you are, like, impoverished living in, in a slum somewhere. Like, so true. We're still, we're still human. Um, and to kind of get off our high horses, it was a reminder, for, at least for me, yeah, and I think that, and, and he goes back to this point almost, I feel like in every section, the mm-hmm. parts one, two, and three, that when the gospel itself in its most pure form is mm-hmm. presented, and I kind of think of it like an element, like on the periodic yeah. table, like we're not adding anything to it, we're not taking anything away from it. When the gospel is presented, that is enough because mm-hmm. we forget about the Holy Spirit. Yes. Like, you do not know what God is doing in someone's heart. And he does talk. This is a hard yeah. truth. He talks about this. He says, the same gospel that hardens clay is the same gospel yeah. that melts ice. And mm-hmm. some people are going to be in the heart space and the head space to receive it mm-hmm. and some at, at the right time. Mm-hmm. And some people, it's not their time to hear it. And, and I think of that when I was in church, literally in utero, mm-hmm. and then one day... In my little young childhood life, I heard a message, and I was like, that's for me. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us believers have that story of, like, one day, it's like the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit was just, like, there's no other way to describe it other than, like, this stirring within your heart of, like, this is me. I am a sinner. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. And even when I accepted Christ... It was, I remember just, you know, I was a very young child. I was Mm -hmm. only like six years old and I was listening actually to a TV preacher waiting for my parents to get me ready for church. And I was by myself in my living room. And I remember hearing him talk about accepting Christ and needing to be saved from your sins and how his blood washed all of that away. And I don't remember the details, but I remember thinking, I need that. And it wasn't out of fear of going to hell. Right. Mm -hmm. It was not. Yeah. And I know, I feel like even despite of if you got there, if, if the fear is what got you to salvation, I wouldn't be panicking right now, but I would definitely take a hard look at yourself. And of course, we're always saying that we need to look inward and say, is that still my motivation? Yes. Yes. Because growth if that, if that is the case, I loved the part, um, and I don't want to skip around too much, um, at the end where it's talking about application, it was like a moral life without God is actually pointless because it's just managing behavior. Yes. 
So true. And so it makes it, do you ever watch Dr. Pimple Popper? Yes. I know that, I know that you loved Pimple Popping, but like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you ever watched her like narrate some of the things. Yes. So she's like, okay, so we're going to get this black head out. And she like pops the black head or like has to sever it. Sometimes I'm sorry if anybody doesn't like talking about this. And she takes out like the oxidized black head first. And then she always goes in and gets the root. Yeah. The sack yes. is what it's called. Yes. And she has to, like, take this, like, sack out. And she's like, because if you don't take the sack out, it's going to it's gonna come back again, and it's going to be worse. Mm-hmm. And so, at the end, with application, like, if this is just about heaven or hell for you, like, your motivation, like, you can hide sin well. Not yeah. from God, but right. from everybody else. Mm-hmm. You Like, I think about, if it's just about heaven and hell, we might as well be under the law. Oh, yeah. We might as well not be under grace at all. Because I'm like, all these people in the Old Testament under the law, like, they found a way to cut corners around stuff. Oh, yeah. And we, as a human race, will always find a way to cut corners around sin. But, like, if it's just about that for you, like, then accepting Christ is just, like, if if you are just trying to be moral, Mm -hmm. then you are not getting rid of the root, the sack. Right. You're not getting rid of the root of your issue, which is sin. Mm -hmm. And of course, even the most devout Christian who is living here on this earth will sin. Yeah. You're not actively trying to, it's just in our human nature, but you have to be reconciled to God Mm -hmm. by what Jesus did on the cross. And a lot of people don't like to talk about how we are sinful and how we can be wrong. Mm-hmm. But, girl, I love him quoting David Platt, who also we need to add David him to Platt the book great. club list. Uh-huh. Talking about, like, don't replace the blood of Jesus with Kool-Aid just because it tastes good. Say it again. It feels bad to think about us being bad. Yeah. But the older I get, I'm like, I suck. So true. <laughs> and it's gross. <laughs> like, just be okay with it. Like, yeah. just be like, yes, I suck, which makes me love God even more. That's so For true. loving me. And, that, and that's the thing. There's... That God is not one faceted, one sided. I mean, He is He is a great God. And yes. we were just talking about the the quote, you know, the same the same sun that hardens the clay melts the ice. And it really caused me to, to stop and think to deny God that He to say that He is just one, mm-hmm. that He only hardens clay, and not saying that He also melts ice, is to take away from His from the glory and the, and the holiness and righteousness of who He is. Right. To put God into a box. Yes. And how many times have we been guilty of, of being like, oh, here it is, right here. This is God. All the things. Yes. Um, and not and only looking at just like, for example, only looking at the good things. The gracious God. Yes. You know, the kind God. The loving God. Which He is. Yes. But He is also one that has high demands of us. And as He should. Yes. And those and those demands are, they're warranted. And absolutely to, for us to, to give him all the gl- love, all the love, the glory, the praise, you know, of ourselves, death to ourselves. It's a small price to pay. Does a learning when, parent not guide their child? Yes. Yes, he does. And that's, so, that's my question. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in one of the quotes that, that really got me in thinking about what does this look like in everyday life? Yeah. Like, yeah, for yeah. You, I mean, for you to go out and truly pursue God and it, this quote kind of got me and it was you hanging out, having a beer with your buddy to see to, um, so that he can see that Christians are cool is not what we're called to do. Yes. You're eventually going to have to open up your mouth and share the gospel. When the pure gospel is shared, people respond. That is our call. Yes. To share God's truth and let God handle the rest. Yes. And it's, 
again, he is a loving God still, and he it deserves all of our glory. But in those moments that so often happen to us on an everyday basis, how are we glorifying God through them? Are, yes. we, are we taking things back to the gospel? Or is it something that's forgotten? Or is it just a side dish? Or is, you know, I'm not saying right. that you have to go into every conversation with putting the gospel first and foremost and forgetting, you know, like how to actually communicate. With like people. even Jesus was a good communicator, friend, social, <clears throat> human, yeah. you know. But are we incorporating it in? Are we keeping it at the forefront of our thought of I'm concerned for my friend. I love them. I love them so much that I want them to know to, to know God. Yes. And sometimes that is you praying for them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's you being a, a, a listening ear. But oftentimes that's you also bringing things back to the gospel when you have yes. conversations. And I think we get afraid of that. I think we do too. And I think that a lot of people will miss the forest for the trees with even that example of the, uh, you know, hanging out with your friend, having a beer, watching a movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. He'll be like, yep, sharing the gospel is not drinking beer. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you have to Mm -hmm. live in such a way that you are not afraid to tell your friend. The issue is the issue that he's talking about there is not alcohol. The issue that he's talking about is your just obedience obedience and not Mm -hmm. saying something to a friend. Yeah. And, and I feel like Jesus, I I feel like if we could just like read the words that Jesus spoke, that we would be like, Oh, I get it now. Like Jesus in that verse where he's talking about, you've heard it said an offer and ah, but I say, turn the other cheek. Mm -hmm. You've heard it said this. Well, I say this Jesus, like, and, and this was talked about a lot in the part two in the middle chunk of the book talking about Christ basically in everything that he did was restoring creation. Yes. Was restoring everything that was meant to be the way that God designed it to be that was ruined by sin. He's not talking about like, um, I'm trying to think of the example that he used in the Bible of when he's saying like, He's almost coming to defy the odds of like, I'm not even saying do that. I'm saying you go the extra mile Mm -hmm. and turn the other cheek. It's not about the slap. Yeah. Yeah. It's about Mm -hmm. your heart. Yeah. And like, I'm not retaliating back to you. That's what it's about. And that's restoring creation. Mm -hmm. Even like him talking about, he mentioned raising people from the dead and performing miracles yes that proved that jesus was who he said he was mm-hmm. but he's talking it, it goes even deeper than that like i am raising people to new life yeah over and over and over mm-hmm. and bringing people out of death out of their sin the woman at the well yes he's like are you thirsty i'm thirsty can you get me a drink hey i've got water that will never make you thirsty again mm-hmm. it's not even about the water it's like if we could just like take the blinders of our, off of our eyes so true and look and hear what god is saying through jesus what mm-hmm. jesus is saying like oh my gosh he is offering something so much more it's almost like um have you ever seen movies where like somebody from the future comes mm-hmm. with, like travels back into the past yes. and they're talking to someone? I'm mm-hmm. thinking of that Ryan Reynolds one that's on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, how do you know all of this? Oh, it's because I'm from the future. Like I think of that like it's <laughs> such a finite like example. But like if we can just like think beyond what is right here in front of us, yes. like what is on this earth, like Jesus is like 
I'm calling you out and I'm calling you up. Yeah. Because I'm doing something new. Yeah. I'm restoring the original design. I'm showing you a glimpse of the original blueprint. I mean, the thing is, we forget that it's literally so deeply ingrained into it. It's like in our DNA, our longing for God. Yes. And I love that he talks about that. Yes. And it's in, as we're looking for the world to be, to be restored, it is not, the goal is not to put back things the way that they were. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think that's oftentimes what we think about when things are restored. Yeah. What is coming is better than what it even was. And that's, I mean, my brain can't even fathom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so in thinking about our, our own motivations and how we respond, not only to the gospel, but to God's people, to his body, to his calling Mm -hmm. for our own individual lives too. It's knowing that this, this will all fade away. We're, we're pushing forward to something even greater. Absolutely. And, um, and one of the things, one of the quotes on the uh, chapter of reconciliation that I also really liked was we may each be saved as an individual life, but we are not saved to an individual life. And so taking a moment to, to humble ourselves and say, it's not, a, again, we're not the main character. It's not about me. Yes. This restoration is not for my benefit. Right. Yes. I may I may get to participate in its in the benefit that it brings to me. Absolutely. But it's not for me. Absolutely. And I think that it's really hard for us to take a moment and be like, it yeah, this you mean it's not it's not actually for me? I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. And but not beyond having the discussion, but really putting it in our hearts. Yeah. And as a motivation that I'm not here for myself. That's goes really directly good. against our own bodies. Well, and he talks about Solomon uh, being so, like, you know, Solomon asked, or God asked Solomon, if you could have anything, what would you want? He asked for wisdom, and so yeah. God granted him both wisdom and riches, and mm -hmm. he is today the smartest and richest man in history mm -hmm. um, that's recorded in ancient history. And um, he talks about how he did it all. Yeah, everything. He lived his life to the absolute fullest. And at the end of his life, he says, it's all for nothing. nothing. All for nothing. Which, honestly, yeah. when I read about that, that is actually both depressing and encouraging to me. Because Same. it's depressing in the fact that, oh my gosh, I've worked so hard on so many things here that are very here. Yeah. But then also encouraging to be like, that makes me shift my priority to yeah. the kingdom. Yeah. And to the eternal. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's all dust. So, that, and that's basically his point in saying that. Yeah. It's not to be depressed. It's saying, I've, I've taken a trip or two. I've been around the block. Yeah. And I can tell you, having done all of it, mm -hmm. it's nothing. Yeah. I, I, it just takes me back to, without God, what's it? Yes. They're, what's they're it really, for? Yeah. Who cares how many, I mean, he built... Temples and yes. houses and houses and wives, like, had so many wives. Yes. Children. Like, all the children. Partied, riches, wisdom, everything. All everything. The food. He had it all. Yes. And still, it was all for nothing. Mm hmm And so, it, except for God. God. And so, that, that's also really encouraging. I'm like, man, I could stop working so <laughs> Like, oh, thank God. You know. I, but the, what would, okay, imagine with me for a moment. Yeah, go ahead. That... What if we shift our focus? What if we all just took a moment to shift our focus from what the world is telling us is pressing and what the world is telling us is important? And our shift for everything that we do is for the glory of God. The gospel. 
That's that. All, that's what the gospel does for me. Yes. If we all shifted, what what would that change mm-hmm. for our nation, mm-hmm. for our communities, for our families? Yes. When we said, you know, this little thing doesn't matter because this is how. Where does it pertain to the glory of God, to the gospel itself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, everything would look unrecognizable to what we're used to seeing it right yes. now. And when we think of, you know, kind of going back to that restoration we were talking about, that's what we're getting to. Yes. And I'm like, it, we we were never truly there. From no. the fall, after the fall, we Delta. weren't there. And then when, when we were reconciled through the blood of Jesus, which, like, it all keeps going back to that, that is the gospel. And if yes. he's like, that's why it's called the explicit gospel. That's it. It's not mm-hmm. Jesus was crucified, died, and was resurrected. Plus, you need to go to church every yes. Sunday and Wednesday. No. Mm-mm. It's like, that's it. It's that's not this it. And that's enough. And that's we don't know how it. to do that well. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. But if we can just point people there, and I know that we're, we're, we're running out of time, and I keep on repeating this, but like, if we can just point people there, that's it. Let the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. do the rest. With that comes my desire to want to learn more and be in community with other believers at church. Mm-hmm. With that comes a desire for me to be a good person to mm-hmm. other people, to show them what the gospel has done in my life. Yeah. With that comes humility. With that comes the True. fruits of the Spirit. That's it. And that's enough. Yeah. There's no politics. There's no rules. No. Nope. There's no religious practices. The gospel is the root in which everything else stems. So, so true. Um, Kind of towards the end of the book, uh, one of the things I have highlighted is um, I want to see the entire world through the lens of how God has wired me and where he has placed me for his glory. Amen. And so don't ever doubt for a moment that you were somewhere experiencing something for anything else other than God's glory. Yes, and even even if it's it's what we wanted and it's for our good and it's something that we enjoy, it is still for the glory of God. Because there's also grace and there's yes. also God's love for us. Yes, and more than more than we can imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I think about the love that you can imagine. I, I don't have any children, but you know, yeah. having the love for a child, you want to give them the world yes. and everything else. You would do anything for that child. Yes. And the amount of love and grace. And, and imagine that, but multiplied. Yes. That is God's love for us when we least deserve it. And so to think about that anything else in this world is for anyone else about anything else. Mm, that's good. It's all, it's all for God. And I think that if we refuse to remember to look at this gospel without grace and love, then we're also missing the mark. Greatly, just because of what you just said. Yeah. Just like you always say, you've got, there's truth and there's grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because And grace, they've got to go together. I mean, grace without truth is mm-hmm. meaningless. Absolutely. But truth without grace is just mean. mean. Yeah. And I'm thankful that we have, we serve a God that gives both. Absolutely. Graciously. Absolutely. Didn't and that's the gospel. Yeah. And that is the gospel. Ooh. That's the explicit gospel, y'all. I can't wait for the next book. Where it's uh, Holier Than Thou by Jackie Hill Perry. So go ahead and be adding that to your Libby. Yes. To your Audible. Yes. Ordering it on Amazon. You can get paperback pretty cheap, guys. It's it's going to be a great it's going to be a great read. But yeah, definitely add this to your to your list. Yes. And and remember that it's. 
for for our gray world that this is very black and white that we serve God. It's like the baseline. Yes. Yeah. We are all constantly striving for. For sure. For sure. We'll see you right back here next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, guys. We love you guys. And if y'all need us, DM us or uh, email us at info at thechosenworld.com. Sounds great. See you then. Bye. Hey, Chosen Fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to Season 8 of the Tell Me About It podcast. In this season, we're bringing you more special guests, new topics, and the first ever Chosen Girl book club, which will take place at the end of each month. We know there's so much value in studying the Word, and we're excited to dive in to learn more about God and His call for our lives in a new way. If you aren't caught up, please feel free to subscribe and binge our first seven seasons wherever you find your podcast. And if this podcast has impacted you, we would be honored if you would rate us within your podcast app of choice. Grab your Chick-fil-A sweet tea and nuggets with us. And let's let's get get this party started. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.